What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and thank you so much. Ooh, I am trying to still get adjusted here. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode, episode number 106. Today is Friday, November 19th. The weather is a crisp, chilly 46 degrees here in Johnston, Rhode Island, here at Murph's Car Town and Sports Shop. But wherever you are, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, I am hopeful that you're having a fantastic day, afternoon, evening, night, whether it's cold, warm, hot, sweaty, bricks, chilly, frozen, whatever it may be. I hope you're enjoying yourself. I am in such a great mood, a fantastic mood. Yes, the Patriots decimated and rung the necks of the Falcons last night, 25 to nothing. But last night was trade night. Last night was trade night here at the shop, and it was an absolute complete success. So I do want to talk about trade night real quick before I do dive into the Patriots Thursday night matchup against the Falcons that I've already mentioned where they dismantled Atlanta. But last night, I had an epiphany. Where I was able to just sit back, relax, and soak in what was going on at the shop. Now I say sit back and relax very loosely because I was kind of all over the place last night. Trying to make sure I was everywhere at the same time. Working deals with this person. You know, cashing out this person. Getting this person that and all the good stuff. But it was like five seconds, right? This is where the epiphany came in. Where I was just able to look from behind the glass cases and look at everybody that was there. And I think it was at its peak at like 7 o'clock. And I have three six-foot tables here at the shop with cards and magazines and all the good stuff in them. Or on them, I should say. And I took all that stuff out and I laid out all the tables, kind of like a card show setup. And around 7 o'clock, I had that five seconds of just solace where I was able to look amongst the crowd of people at the shop and just say to myself, this is an absolute success. Absolutely successful. I was able to take in, soak in all, I think the height was maybe 20 people here at the shop. Now, my shop isn't that big. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say I have this massive, you know, shop like Card Collector 2 does. But, holy smokes. Having 20 people in my shop. Now, I'm just guesstimating 20 people. It's, it's give or take a couple. It was just a beautiful sight to see. Because you could ask him. You could ask any regular here at the shop. I was nervous. I actually wasn't nervous until probably like 5 o'clock. That's when I kind of got nervous. 5 o'clock, you know, beforehand. The days, hours leading up to it, the weeks leading up to it, I felt fine. Once 5 o'clock hit, it seemed like it. You know, it was kind of like, whoa, oh my, this could be something. I didn't know how it was going to turn out. A ton of people said they're going to go. A ton of people say they'll make it. A lot of people said they're going to try. They'll do their best, this and that. And a lot of people stay true to their word. And that means a lot. That means a lot. I am a massive advocate for a happy and healthy sports card hobby. I am. I want customers to come in 
happy with the stuff they bought, whether it's cards or wax. I want people to come in and have a good experience, whether or not they buy something, have a good experience with me, with the stuff I can offer them in my shop. And a healthy hobby is I want to be able to execute great deals with you. I don't want to screw you over. I don't want you to screw me over. You know, you buy the cards I have. You do whatever you want with them. But again, you feel good about buying it. I want to work with you. I want to make deals with you. You can ask anyone that comes in the shop, and they'll, they'll tell you that I'm a massive advocate for a happy and healthy sports card hobby. And to know that that hard work in building the shop, uh, publicizing the shop, having that you know philosophy you know happy healthy card hobby sports card hobby and just having a great group of supportive people here in the community at Merce Cartown Sports Shop just really sunk into me very well like I said it was only for five seconds all this flashed before my eyes but it was a wonderful wonderful sight to see emotion that I felt and I cannot wait cannot wait for the next trade night now I'm not going to obviously announce a trade night here on the episode because I don't know when exactly I have an idea but you know I want to sit down go through and make sure it's all good and all that but yeah I could not have been any happy any more happier than the turnout last night people were making deals people were buying people were selling off each other Obviously, I was involved by selling and trading. It was just a fantastic night all around for me and for everyone that was there. Plus, the Patriots won 25 to nothing, which I'll get into in, in a few moments, I promise. But yeah, definitely, if you were not at trade night last night, November 18th, here at Murph's Cardtown Sports Shop, the next one will be in December, I'll tell you that. It'll be in December before Christmas, but try to make it out. Try to make it here because you will not regret it. I want to say everyone that came made at least a handful of deals. Now, I can't say that with pure confidence because, you know, I was everywhere at one time, so it's hard for me to gauge. But just listening in the background, having people come up to me and say, oh, I got this card. Oh, look at the card I just got. Look at the deal I just made. A handful of times you hear that. It just makes you feel good that people are coming to your shop, meeting people they've never met before, except maybe once or twice, whether at the shop or a card show, and making deals with random people, other sports card enthusiasts. And that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. And that is where I had the epiphany, where I was just able to sit back and just be thankful for being in this position I'm in. Be thankful to have a wonderful group of supportive people around me in the shop, I should say, in the shop. And for trade night to be an absolute success where strangers are just making deals with strangers who they've never met before. But now they're at least I don't know if they're friends. I'm not gonna say that, but at least they're like, you know they're in hobbyist acquaintances. How about that? I'm just trying to make up a word here. Hobbyist acquaintances. I like that. So, yeah. Thank you, everyone that showed up to Trade Night last night, whether it was for five minutes, an hour, however long it may have been. 
I hope you made the best of deals, and I hope that you made fantastic deals as well. And I am so looking forward to the next one, whenever it may be. But we do have Patriots football to talk about. We simply do. We do. And before I get into the nitty-gritties of the game, I was getting out of my truck before I walked into the shop to record this episode. And I see on ESPN, little little title says, Debating Max Impact. I'm like, this is going to be good. So the thing says, Stephen A. Smith and Tim Tebow disagree on whether Mac Jones is a primary reason for the Patriots' five-game winning streak. Well, a primary reason? Yes. Is he the reason? Is Mac Jones the reason on why the Patriots are on a five-game winning streak? I don't think so. Football is a team sport. You need a team to win. One player, two players can win you a game. But if you want to win a Super Bowl or go on a playoff run, you need a team. Baseball, team. Basketball, one player can take over a series. We've seen it countless times with LeBron James when he was with the Cavaliers. Countless times. All you need is one player to carry you. Hockey, that's also a team sport, but from time to time, a player, a superstar player or two can carry you a little bit. Your goalie can carry you a little bit, but there comes to a point where you will need the team in order to really execute a victory. But in football, in football, you need a team. So I will not say that Mac Jones is the reason, because I don't think he is the reason. I think it's a accumulation of Mac Jones, the defense, the running game has finally turned around. I think the coaching has been impeccable. And the receiving group is not there yet, but they're serviceable. They're getting the job done at an above average level. So it's a, a culmination of things. Was Mac Jones responsible for the 54-13 win over the Jets? I mean, I think everyone was responsible for that win. Was Mac Jones the sole reason why they the Patriots won 27-24 over the Chargers? No, but he was a major factor. 24-6 over the Panthers? I don't think he was a major factor. Browns, Patriots, 45-7? I think that was more the defense, if anything. Obviously, Mac Jones executed everything perfectly. But the defense gave it that first touchdown on the Browns' first drive, and that was it. And then obviously last night, 25-0. to zero. So I cannot pinpoint one game where Mac Jones was responsible for that win. I can't pinpoint one game where the defense was responsible or the running game was responsible. Now, obviously, the Patriots won last night 3-0. to zero. The defense is responsible for winning that game, right? If the Patriots won last night 45-42 to and Mac Jones throw for 400 yards with five touchdowns, Mac Jones would be responsible for that win. But seeing where we have a 25 to nothing victory last night and then a 45-7 to victory on Sunday, Mac Jones is balling, performing, doing what he needs to do in order to succeed, and the defense is doing everything they need to do in order for the team to succeed. 
So I don't know where Stephen A. Smith and Tim Tebow lied in terms of being primary reason or not primary reason. But I don't think anyone, anyone is the primary reason besides the team is playing well. The team is playing great, not well, great. That is a fact, not an opinion. If the Patriots didn't lose, which is the defense's fault, to the Cowboys 35-29 in overtime, they would be on a seven-game winning streak right now. And they would be eight and three. Right? I just want to double-check. One, two, three. Yeah, eight and three right now. That's nuts. A lot of people at the beginning of the season predicted the Patriots to be a mediocre team. 7-10, 8-9, 9-8, 10-7, 7 and 10, 8-9, 9-8, 10-7 tops. Right now they're at 8 wins. I'm sorry, right now they're at 7 wins, excuse me. They've already tied last year's season total. And they still have 6 more games to go. So 10-7 and 7 is obviously still a possibility where you have the Titans and the Bills twice coming up. And then that game against the Colts, people are calling a trap game which I'll get into, obviously, when that game comes around. So it's still possible that they could go, you know, 8-9, 9-8, 10-7. But on the other hand, it's also possible that they could win 11-12, unrealistically, but 13 games. This team is in a great spot right now. In an absolute fantastic spot right now. They are currently, if I can get the division, uh, the standings up, they're currently... <clears throat> What, like a half a game back? I think technically, if this was baseball, they would be tied for first place. But due to winning percentage, obviously, the Bills, because they only have three losses compared to the Patriots' four, despite the Patriots having a seventh win. However, they played another game than the Bills, so obviously Sunday will be a huge factor because if the Bills lose, your New England Patriots will be the AFC East division leader, which is an absolute... Headline in and of itself, but we'll obviously have to wait for Sunday for that. Let's dive into the game on Thursday, or last night, I should say. Mac Jones, 22 for 26, 207 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Now, I I heard on the radio when I was driving in that Mac Jones is the first rookie quarterback. I've heard it a lot this year, and I love hearing it. First rookie quarterback to complete 80% of his passes or more in back-to-back games. I think back-to-back wins... I think it was just back-to-back games. I don't know if it was wins or not. Mac Jones, I've said this a million times, is playing beyond his years. You look at Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, and Lance when he's been in, and I guess you could throw Davis Mills in there because he's had some starting time this year as well, and he was kind of like that next guy off the board. Mac Jones is playing way better than all of them. Way better. Way, 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 way better. Now, obviously, Mac Jones' situation that he walked into was a much better situation than the 1-15 Jags, the 2-14 Jets, the, well, I guess the 49ers traded up. I don't know what their pick was. I don't know what their record was before, whatever. And then the Bears, who were in a good spot last year, great defense, couple weapons, and then it kind of all goes to shit. And I don't even want to talk about Davis Mills and the Texans. (laughs) <laughs> but Mac Jones is playing well beyond his years. Yeah, 207 yards, touchdown and interception is not flashy. But we didn't need him to throw 400 yards and four touchdowns. We did not need that. Don't forget, he is a rookie 
quarterback. Ramondre Stevenson, 12 carries for 69 yards. Damian Harris, 10 carries, 56 yards. Your running game, you got a little twin-headed running game right there. That has developed. That has developed immensely. So there's a good chunk of yardage right there. The Colts. Uh, the Colts. Oh my God. Why, I'm, why am I thinking of the Colts? Oh, Brandon Colt quit. That's why. Brandon Colt quit, right? Colt quit. Colts. Li- li- little similarity, maybe. Can you see the confusion? Brandon. Uh, no, not Brandon. Dustin Colt quit. I, I can't even get his name right. Dustin Colt quit. The punter for the Falcons. Three or four times punted in the back end of his end zone. So the Patriots were receiving the ball at the 50, at their 40, around there a handful of times, resulting in a short field for the Patriots. So Mac Jones and the running game don't even have the whole length of the field to rack up the yards. That's okay. And again, that circles back to the defense playing exceptionally well, which circles back to the team. The team. I don't care about Mac Jones putting up 400 yards and five touchdowns. I don't. This team is developing itself to be a win-now team. It's not there. It's not there. I'm not going to tell you that the Patriots are going to win now. I'm not telling you that. But they are slowly developing themselves into such. The media, people outside of New England, social media, the sports world, football world and the sports world are all jumping on the Mac Jones bandwagon. They are. And for good reason. I mean, I know we don't have the greatest receivers, but Kendrick Bourne, 4 for 42. Aguilar, 5 for 40 and a touchdown. Jacoby Myers, 4 for 39. Not terrible. It's not terrible. Not, that's still your three best receivers. And everyone else had like two or one catch for you know a handful of yards. Henry, 2 for 25. Bolden, 2 for 15. Harry, 2 for 14. So it's it's not... Excellent, and you know it's, you're not you're not the 07 Patriots, you're not you're not the you know 18 Chiefs out there, so it's okay, but you're getting the win, you're getting wins, and that's what matters right now. And a team that was seven and nine last year, who missed the playoffs for the first time since 2008, based off a tiebreak with the Dolphins that year, but I digress. You will take every single win you can get. You don't care how it comes, 25 nothing, 45 to 7, 3-0. It does not matter how the wins come. Where the AFC is such a tight and competitive conference this year, where you still have a very good team in the Bills ahead of you, the Chiefs have become a resurgence of a team, the Titans are still really good, the Ravens are good, the Steelers are playing better than we thought they were. The the Raiders, although they've, you know, suffered a ton of losses this season not just record but also organizationally they're still a team to be reckoned with the Bengals have cooled off the Broncos have kind of came back a little bit the Browns are still technically in it so there's a lot going on in the conference a lot going on the Colts have made a name for themselves past month or so so this conference is no way shape or form one or two teams conference obviously it's nice to be the the Titans, where you're, you know, eight and two, or yeah, eight and two, or seven and two, whatever the hell they are. That's why, with a rookie quarterback and a complete turnover of a team, 
bringing in Stevenson, Jones, Bourne, Aguilar, Henry, Smith, and then everybody on defense. Uh, Van Noy coming back, David Godshaw, Miles Bryant, Matthew Judon, Christian Barmore. I'm just trying to run off, see, make sure I didn't miss anybody. Uh, I know I missed somebody. I know I missed people, but whatever. You had so much turnover, and it takes so long in the NFL, or in any sport really, for all these new players to really gel and mix and be a cohesive unit. Oh, Jalen Mills is another big one I, I, I forgot. But they, the Patriots are exceptionally way ahead of schedule. The beginning of the season, like I mentioned earlier, people projected the Patriots to be anywhere between 7 and 10 wins was probably the average. Rightfully so. I think I might have had them pegged for 11, 12 maybe. I think I kind of over-exaggerated a little bit because I really liked the first half of their schedule. But you look at the team now. Seven wins and four losses with six games to go. 10, 11, 12 wins is within reach. Not saying it's possible to get 12 wins because you still got two against the Bills, one against the Titans. But it's possible. And when you're in a spot where you're still in the shadow of the team, Belichick and even Mac Jones is in the shadow of Tom Brady after 20 years here in New England, in his shadow, being 7-4, and four, on the cusp of being a division leader, on the cusp of in the playoffs or being a playoff contender, you will take every single win. You will take 207 yards from Mac Jones, a touchdown and a pick when he's going 22 for 26. You'll take a 25 nothing loss because your defense is gelling and it looks beautiful. Your running game is turning. Your receivers are developing. This whole team went through a lot of turnover this past year. And like I said, it takes time for turnover to actually turn into success. You can look in basketball. You can look at hockey. You can even look in baseball. It takes time. But here in football, where it also takes time, the Patriots are way ahead of schedule. They have rookies. They have new vets. Players coming back from you know, sitting out of COVID last year. Players looking to take the next step. Players looking to make a name for themselves. And all of that thrown in to the 2021 questionable pot called the Patriots season has amounted to a ton of success. And a five-game winning streak has finally caught the attention of the media. People are jumping on the bandwagon of Mac Jones and the Patriots and like I said, rightfully so. This team is to be reckoned with. And let's take a quick look ahead. Because like I mentioned, like I mentioned, when two of the next four, uh, three of the next four games, Browns, Falcons, Titans, Bills, if you're going to lose the one, I'm okay with you losing the Titans game. But that game next Sunday is looking like it's going to be a doozy of a game. They still don't have Derrick Henry. How is Tannehill going to be able to pass you know, and perform against this defense? How is their running game going to perform against our defense? How is our offense going to attack their defense? All these questions I'll get into next Friday's episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. But these are things you need to consider because right now the Patriots are on a mini-buy because of the short week Thursday game. They got 10 days off before their matchup against the Titans. 
But the Patriots are in a fantastic spot right now. If the Bills lose this weekend, the Patriots will be in first place in the division. So, speaking of the Bills, let's jump ahead and talk about Week 11 matchups. Obviously, Patriots over the Falcons 25-0 on Thursday Night Football. So we will have a full, I don't want to say a full because there's still teams on buys, but a full slate of games this week, not including the Patriots. So we can sit back and relax, stress and worry about fantasy, stress and worry about your survival league, but you won't have to worry about the Patriots because they're good and they're good to go. They're good to go for 10 days. Ravens, Bears. I think the Ravens would be the smart pick here. The Bears are in disarray. They Justin Fields just not in a good situation. Bears O-line sucks. No weapons. Coaching sucks. You feel bad for the kid almost. I'm go Ravens. Packers over the Vikings. Packers. Colts over the Bills. Obviously, I want the Colts to win. With this game up in Buffalo, I can see the Buffalo Bills easily winning. But the Colts have been hot lately. They're fighting for a playoff spot themselves. They need this dub big time. I won't be surprised if the Colts win, but I am going to be picking the Bills here to win that game. Lions, Browns in Cleveland. I'm picking the Browns to win, not because the Lions are 0-9 right now, but because I'm also picking the Browns to win in my survival league. So I'm hoping Cleveland can bounce back against a layup of a team and get their season back on track because if they want any shot of the playoffs themselves, they need a big dub here. Washington football team against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Washington is without Chase Young for the rest of the season after tearing his ACL, so hopefully he has a speedy recovery. Carolina Panthers just had a big win last night in Cam Newton's return. I expect some momentum still going into that game from last week for Carolina. I just don't see how Washington football team can win this game when you lost your best defensive player and your offense is struggling. Not that Carolina is a superior team, but I think the Panthers have a, a much better uh, toolbox than the football team does. So I'm going to go Carolina in this game. Texans, Titans in Tennessee. Can I say the Titan, uh, the Texans for fun? Just for fun. But no, the Titans will win that game. 49ers, Jaguars. 49ers easily. Dolphins visit the Jets in the Meadowlands. Interesting game of two trash bag teams. I think the Dolphins have way more juice than the Jets do. Dolphins still have a far shot to get into the playoffs, even though they're 3-7. and seven. They got a lackluster schedule coming up. I know they got the Patriots at the end of the season. I think they still have the Titans. Maybe the Ravens? I'm not sure. But it's not insanely hard. I think the Saints maybe where obviously we know Jameis Winston, that could be a, a win for them. Don't count out the Dolphins as a sneaky seven seed. Not going to say it's going to happen, but just keep an eye out, especially if they can start playing some good football. Saints-Eagles, interesting game. I don't know how I'm going to feel about that game. I'm thinking, I'm just trying to think here. I'm just trying to think. I want to go Eagles. I do. But something in my mind, something in my mind is screaming Saints. 
What it is, I have no idea. I I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, let me check the quick standings real quick. Eagles four and six, long shot of the division. Saints are five and four. They're still in it. I'm gonna go Saints here. I don't feel cozy about it. Something is screaming Saints. I don't know. I'm not gonna be surprised if the Eagles win and the Saints lose. But something in my mind is screaming. Who dat? Who dat? Right? So I have to go Saints here. I don't I don't know what it is. I have to go Saints. Bengals, Raiders. I'm up still on the Bengals hype train. I'm not getting off the station. I'm not getting off of the station. Nope. I think coming off the bye week, Burrow, Mixon, Chase. I think they're gonna meld and kind of really get going as a nice little triple threat for the Bengals offense. I've said this countless times that Bengals defense, I just think, is a year too early. If this was next year, I think that defense would be very good and very competitive. I'm going to go Bengals here because the Raiders are in absolute disarray as an organization. And if the Bengals want to stay competitive in the American Football Conference playoff picture, they need this win. Cowboys. Chiefs. Game of the week? Question mark. Game of the week? I'm going with I'm going with the Cowboys. Here's why. This is in Kansas City, by the way. I'm going with the Cowboys, and here's why. The Chiefs' offense has turned around, yes. But they still have no running game. So they are their offense is one-dimensional via passing. So they could pass with the best of the league. Obviously, you got Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. The Cowboys offense can also pass to C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup's back. You got Dalton Schultz. You got Dak Prescott. Oh, and you got Ezekiel Elliott out of the backfield. Oh, by the way, you can also run the ball with Ezekiel Elliott behind a very good offensive line. So the Cowboys are not one-dimensional. They are two-dimensional. And I believe... The Cowboys will be able to exploit the Chiefs' defense, whereas the Chiefs won't be able to exploit the Cowboys' defense because the Cowboys' defense is significantly better than the Chiefs' defense. So if this game turns into a shootout where it's 35-35, I have full confidence in the Cowboys because if the Cowboys' offense is clicking, scoring 35 points, and their defense is getting torched for 35 points, I still have faith in that defense to come around and make a stop because they still have the skills and the players to do so. Whereas the Chiefs, well, they're expected to give up 35 points a night, it seems like, because their defense is atrocious. And therefore, I have no belief that the Chiefs will get a stop. So I'm not going to say the Cowboys will win this game easily or handedly, but I do believe the Cowboys win this game one way or another, whether it's ground and pound kind of a game whether it's a absolute blowout, whether it's an air raid, a defensive battle. And if it's a defensive battle and the Chiefs defense decides to play good for one game and it's 10 to 10, I have full faith in the Cowboys offense to go out and make the plays to exploit the uh, Chiefs defense. So I'm picking Cowboys over the Chiefs in that game. Cardinals, Seahawks, 
Russell Wilson has what, like fourth worst career loss last week or whatever it was against the Packers. Cardinals have been really slipping as of late. Both teams need this dub. I think overall the Cardinals are the better team, so I want to pick them, but I'm not going to discredit Russell Wilson in this game, especially in Seattle. Steelers, Chargers, Sunday Night Football. Can we please get the Steelers off of primetime? The Steelers and the Ravens, get them off of primetime. I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick the Chargers. I know the Steelers have been playing well. Chargers have been playing well as well. Bars. But I think the Chargers have a legitimate shot to win that AFC West. And they're going to need a win tonight, uh, Sunday night if the Chiefs lose, which I'm expecting them to do so. Chargers will take their place back atop of the AFC division. But can't count out the Steelers. They've been playing well against all odds. So it's going to be a hard-fought game. Anyone can win this one, obviously, but I think I'm going to give the edge to Los Angeles. Monday Night Football, Giants, Buccaneers. Brady trying to avoid his first ever three-game losing streak. Will he be able to do it? I'm going to say yes. I just don't see... I know the Giants... The Giants have a win last week. Did they win last week? I want to say they did. Yeah, that's right. They beat the Raiders. Last week, 23-16. I want to say that this could be a little trap game for the Bucks, But I just think the Bucks overall are a much better team. They have faced adversary, adversity before. They did it last year. I think the Bucks home, nice little Monday night matchup, will be able to exploit a bad Giants team. And the Buccaneers will get the win and get their season back on track. That is going to do it for my week 11 predictions. Let me run through it really quickly. I have the Ravens over the Bears. Excuse me. Packers over the Vikings. Bills defeating the Colts. Browns hopefully winning against the Lions. Panthers beating the Washington football team. Titans over the Texans. 49ers beating the Jaguars. Dolphins over Jets. Saints, because it was screaming in my head. Saints over the Eagles. Bengals defeating the Raiders. Cowboys, hopefully, hopefully, uh, taking advantage of the Chiefs' defense. Cardinals over the Seahawks. Chargers beating the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. And the Buccaneers getting back on track against the Giants on Monday Night Football. That is my Week 11 matchup. And I will, on Monday, talk about the Thursday Thanksgiving games. I'll talk about the Bears versus the Lions, the Raiders versus the Cowboys, and the Bills versus the Saints. I will get on that Monday so we can talk about those games, predict those games, because those three games are the Thanksgiving Day matchups. And I love Thanksgiving football. Absolutely love it. So let's 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 not get too ahead of ourselves here. We do have a little bit of Celtics to talk about here. I don't want to talk too much about the Celtics, but with the Lakers coming into town tonight, I feel like it's a good time to update ourselves on the Celtics situation. And I know I haven't talked about the Bruins in a couple days. I know. It's just there's so much going on right now in Boston sports, mainly the Celtics. So I sat here on Friday, November 12th, and said, then these next 10 games that are coming up, 
Celtics, I would like to see the Celtics win 8 out of those 10 games. They went on to beat the Bucks 122-113 in overtime. That's a big win. They lost to the Cavaliers 91-89 the next day. On Monday the 15th, they won 98-92. And then on Wednesday, they lost 110-99. They've already lost their two games. They've already lost their two games. So it seems like I'm going to have to pivot and say in these next six games, only lose one. Because like I mentioned on Friday, November 12th, which was, let's say, six, five, on episode 104, their November schedule is lackluster compared to their December schedule. So let me start with when I originally had this take. So there's the Bucks, Cavs, Cavaliers again, Hawks, Lakers, Thunder, Rockets, Nets, Spurs, Raptors. That's not bad. That's not bad. You should have been able to beat the Cavs both nights. Thunder, Rockets, Spurs, Raptors. Maybe the Hawks because they're not playing that well this year. Should be some good wins. Concern over the Bucks, the Lakers, the Nets. The Nets are kind of up in the air right now. But it's at least at home, so it gives you a little bit of an advantage. That's just November. And I said 8 out of 10. You already lost your two games. One to the Cavaliers and the other to the Hawks. Here is your December schedule. You welcome the 76ers on December 1st. Then you go out to Utah. Then you go to Portland to play the Trailblazers. Then you go to L.A. to play the Lakers on December 7th. Then you're playing the Clippers at the Staples Center on December 8th. Then you go to Phoenix on December 10th. One, two, three, four, five-game West Coast road trip right there. Bang. First one of the season. Then you play. Then you host the Bucks on the 13th. You host the Warriors. You host the Knicks, the 76ers, the Cavaliers. Nice little homestand there. Then you go to Milwaukee. Then you go to Minnesota to play the Timberwolves. Then you come back home to host the Clippers and host the Suns on the 31st. The 70, and I'm just going to read off the teams you're playing, right? 76ers, Jazz, Trailblazers, Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Bucks, Warriors, Knicks, 76ers again, Cavaliers, Celtics. Oh, I'm sorry, Bucks. I'm looking at the wrong team. Bucks, Timberwolves, Clippers, Suns. That is hell. That five-game West Coast road trip alone is hell. Then you come back home for a nice little homestand, which is nice. But that homestand consists of the Bucks, Warriors, Knicks, 76ers, Cavaliers. <laughs> oh, my God. If this team, if this team does not win, you have six games left in November. Lakers, Thunder, Rockets, Nets, all at home. Then you go to San Antonio and Toronto. If you do not win five of those six games, you are done. Now, I know done is very, like, done for the season is very aggressive. But they're seven and eight right now. They're 15 games into the season, and they're below 500. They can win five of six. That pushes them to 12 and, well, I can't do math here, 12 and 12, 500. That's 24 games in. I've always said for basketball and for hockey, 
20 to 25 games is kind of the the point where you can kind of see if a team is going to be good or not. 20 to 25 games. The end of November will be your 24th game. And if you are not 500, you know, if you win all six, different story. But if you cannot win five of six and get to 500, consider it done. Because honestly, I'm just going to kind of run through it real quickly. Just win, loss, just for fun. 76ers lost, Jazz win, Trailblazers lost, Lakers lost, Clippers lost, Suns lost, Bucks lost, Warriors lost, Knicks maybe a win, 76ers again maybe a win, Cavs win, Bucks lost, Timberwolves win, Clippers at home maybe a win, wouldn't be surprised if lost, Suns home probably a loss. I don't even want to know how many times I said loss. Now that's just me spitballing wins and losses for the month of December. But you're playing... A lot, a lot of playoff teams from last year, playoff contenders, finals contenders, and a lot of good-ass teams. This season will be determined probably by the end of December. Will be determined by the end of December. Now, you know, obviously if they lose the next one of six games, season's over. But this season will be determined, for good or for bad, by the end of December. Maybe even sooner. Maybe midway through December. Maybe even at the end of November. This team needs to figure it the F out. Their defense, I know they gave a 110 to the Hawks and 113 to the Bucks, But generally speaking, this defense is very good. It's a very good defensive team, generally speaking. They're just having offensive consistency issues. Schroeder's out there dropping 38. But you can't expect Schroeder to do 38 points every night. Tatum's out there, 25, 30 points. Yeah, you don't have Jalen Brown right now, which sucks. That's why I'm on the train to trade for John Wall. But you need to bring in another score. I mean, when Jalen Brown comes back, it's going to be fantastic. You'll have Brown, Tatum, Schroeder. Who else? Horford, you, you, you're relying on Horford to get you 15 a night? Are you relying on Marcus Smart to get you 15 a night? Like, obviously, I don't want the Celtics to just bring in another prolific scorer like a James Harden, right? I don't want that. I want a player who can pass the ball, who's a point guard, who is a facilitator, but can score. Someone who... Maybe scored 15 to 20 points in the league. Maybe that's where they're living around 15, 20 points per game. I think that would fit perfectly. I keep pointing to John Wall. I keep pointing to John Wall. On Monday or some future date, I'm going to have to try to come up with a mock trade where the financial matters will work. I know I've tried to do it before. Obviously, we got to wait for December 15th before anyone can trade pretty much anybody because that's how the rules work in the NBA, which I believe is very stupid. But that is for a later discussion. Lakers come into town tonight. LeBron, 50-50. Room reports are saying for him to play tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers hold him back because they're looking at the season bigger picture. But from uh, outside looking in, that's a very bitch move. You should be playing against the Celtics because the Celtics hate you. You hate the Celtics. And it's Lakers-Celtics. Just my opinion. But long-term, big picture, the Lakers should not have LeBron James play. But if he's able to play tonight, it is definitely going to be much watch, must watch television. Lakers, Celtics, 
whether the teams are both good or the both bad. Must watch. And right now, they're both struggling. Lakers eight and eight, nine seed. Celtics seven and eight, nine seed. So both teams could really use this win, but only one will be able to walk away with the dub. Celtics got to figure it out. They need to figure it out. I don't know what else I can say. Defense is okay. It's very good. Offense needs work. And that's where I'm going to leave it at for this episode today. I know it is a rather shorter episode, but really there's no baseball news to talk about. And I don't want to jump into hockey right now. I'd want to wait till after the weekend and we can kind of just catch up from there. But thank you so much, everybody. For downloading, listening, and enjoying episode number 106 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I greatly appreciate every single one of you who is downloading, listening, and enjoying. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure you like the video if you enjoyed today's episode. Leave a comment down below with your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, whatever it may be. Leave those in the comments section below. And if you are new to the channel or haven't considered subscribing, please subscribe to the channel as I would greatly appreciate your support that way. Anybody who wants to reach out to me to talk about things we talked about in today's episode, please reach out to me on social media at Murph's Card Town, at Murph's Card Town, and we can have a conversation, a discussion, a debate, an argument, a gentleman's query. Conversation. Did I already say conversation? I forget. But reach out to me via social media at Murph's Card Town if you want to furthermore talk about today's topics but that is going to do it i hope you have a fantastic weekend the weather is supposed to be 53 today 48 55 and some rain on sunday all right it's gonna suck you guys know how i feel about this cold weather but go out enjoy the weekend i will catch you on monday's episode of murph's boston sports talk episode number 107 but between now and then you guys know that i love you and i will always always See ya. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.